Hello, and welcome to Locked On Baylor. I am Corey Boney, fellow Baylor Bear, and your host for Locked On Baylor, a daily podcast dedicated to Baylor Bear fans around the globe. And today, we are going to break down the keys for a Baylor homecoming victory over the Texas Tech Red Raiders. We will break everything down by the numbers, the key players, and then wrap up everything with my personal keys for a Baylor W. But first, thank you for all the support and make sure to let every Baylor Bear fan that you know that we have a daily sports podcast covering all things Baylor athletics with Locked On Baylor, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Also, don't forget to subscribe and review so you don't miss a single show. Let's get right into the news. That way we can get into the keys to the game. Wow, Baylor Volleyball keeping the record alive uh, 25 straight sets in a row. They won in Ames last night on ESPNU. Still obviously number one in the nation, still undefeated. And the third set got a little dicey. It was uh, it was good. It was good competition. It was very exciting to watch. Uh, it went back and forth. They ended up winning it by two, like you have to. And it was a wonderful game. So they are still undefeated. Twenty five sets in a row. Another sweep. Another uh, just another notch on the belt. But they take on TCU on Saturday on the road. So looking to keep that streak alive, wonderful, wonderful, still staying on top, still playing at the top of their game. Awesome to see. We have a lot of Baylor, other Baylor shorts besides football going on this week. Baylor soccer, if actually playing right now at the time of the recording of this video, they are, or podcast, they are taking on TCU at TCU. Uh, They bumped it up. It was going to be televised, I think on FS plus, but they bumped it up due to the weather coming in. So if you haven't known, Notice already, uh, it's hot today, but it's going to be pretty pretty chilly. Probably by the time you're listening to this, it's uh, going to be a little chilly. Um, and then also, Baylor softball has two games. They're also playing today uh, at the time of recording, but they're also going to be playing at 5 p.m. A great way to go uh, support them before the pep rally. If you plan on going out to the pep rally, they play at 5 p.m., um, and yeah, the pep rally is at eight 45. So you can catch a Baylor softball game and then swing over to the pep rally. Uh, okay. We had, we're going over the homecoming, uh, information just one more time. Again, the bonfire fire slash pep rally is on Friday at eight 45 PM. The parade on Saturday morning will be at 8 AM and then kickoff is at three o'clock. I don't have it in front of me, but I believe the walk to the bear is at 1230. It's either 12 or 1230. I'm 95% sure it's 1230, but check your phones, check Twitter and make sure to support the Baylor bears as they walk in for a future contest with the Texas tech red Raiders. Also last night, I feel like I kind of jinxed him, but Max Muncy, man, he led off with a home run in a game five uh, for the Dodgers, uh, former Baylor bear, uh, he's been he's having great he's had two great seasons really he's really uh, starting to be a, a crucial part of the Dodgers uh, lineup and he is a big bat uh, but unfortunately Clayton Kershaw gave up back to back home runs they blew a 3-0 lead and it went into the tenth uh, inning I believe and they gave up a grand slam ended up being seven to three so a tough way to get knocked out in game five but. 
Hopefully, I said I was hoping for a rematch with the Dodgers and the Astros. Astros are playing a game five tonight. Hoping I don't jinx them because I know a lot of the Baylor fans are probably also Astro fans. So I'm not trying to jinx them, but I'm rooting for the Astros as well. So um, they're the other team that I like to see make it to the World Series. Um, but let's just say that maybe you uh, need tickets and you're they do clinch out and you want to go see them in the uh, ALCS. Well... That sounds like a memory to me, and our buddies over at Vivid Seats can help you with that. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let the Vivid Seats app help you get to your favorite live event. Enter promo code KICKOFF at checkout to receive a discount of up to $100. Again, that is promo code KICKOFF at checkout to receive a discount of up to $100. Okay, when we come back, we're going to be talking about the numbers, digging into the numbers on both teams and also the key players for the Baylor Bears and the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Stick around. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Okay, we're back. And again, we're going to take a deep dive into the numbers and the key players for the Texas Tech Red Raiders and Baylor Bears. And we're going to start with uh, the visiting team coming in to Waco again for the first time since 2007. Texas Tech, they've been they've had their ups and downs this year. Um, they started off with a you know the non conference schedule. Um, Ended it off with Arizona, ended up being a double digit loss for them. And then they played, they opened up Big Twelve play, tall tall order. Top of the Big 12, uh, undefeated along with Baylor. They went against the Oklahoma Sooners and, again, lost to double digits. But then they did rebound, and they're tied in conference one-to-one. They came back and, at home, took care of business against Oklahoma State, ranked number 21 in the nation at the time. So, you know what? I think they're just Matt Wells' first head coach, first-year head coach for Texas Tech. They're trying to put everything together. Here's a little bit of the numbers Basically, right now, um, yeah, their points per game, 31, 31 and a half, a little 31 and a change per game. Um, yeah, but they put up 45 versus Oklahoma State. And so some some of the numbers can be inflated. They only put up 14 and 16, 14 versus Arizona and 16 versus Oklahoma. So a number is a little bit inflated, but their defense is giving up 26.2. Uh, points per game so that ranks around in the lower eh, it's about uh, 64th in the nation in on defense so definitely their strength what they want to do they want to make it a shootout they want to make it to where the defense is getting tired and their offense keeps on having opportunities to put up points Uh, a lot of the air raid that you used to see with Mike Leach and so that's that's what they're that's what they're going to go for their strength of schedule 44th in the nation so they they, I mean they have played some pretty tough opponents but they had some cupcakes too let's be honest but they played a tough part of the big 12 so far and it's not going to get any easier as they come to Waco so let's look at a little bit of the key players for Texas Tech Uh, their quarterback Alan Bowman 
He's been out with a shoulder injury. So it's been Jet Duffy, which, by the name, for a quarterback named Jet Double T, it's a really cool name, even though he's a Red Raider. I got to give him props. That's a pretty cool name for a quarterback, Jet Duffy. He stepped in, and you know what? It was a little rocky at first, but he's really starting to step into his role. Had a huge game versus Oklahoma State with four TDs, zero interceptions, and 424 yards of passing. Man, it, I mean, if you're going to have someone step in and have that kind of game, that's that's I mean, that's all you can really hope for when I, they've had two quarterbacks go down already. Um, but Alan Bowman looked like they're, that was who they're going to ride with, but he's out until mid-November uh, with a shoulder injury. So he's definitely going to be out for the game. Looking at their receiving core, I said earlier this week that TJ Vassar was obviously a player to watch. He's coming with an average of 71 yards per game, three touchdowns, and obviously a great game versus Oklahoma State. Had a lot of really tough contested catches that he was able to pull down also in the receiving core they got two young receivers with dalton rigdon and uh, eric izukama <laughs> it's a raider so i'm not going to worry too much about butchering that name but anyway they're both young talent so i think if basher starts to have a pretty good first half and he's getting some targets and we give him a little bit more attention that those are two other receivers that could get a little bit more attention in the game versus uh, at, for this homecoming. So those are two Red Raiders to watch on the receiving. On the rushing, they do like to run the ball, which, you know me, I love teams that like to run the ball. I, I can never get enough of running the football, hoping that we continue to have that in this game. But anyway, they have uh, two main running backs, uh, Armand, Armand Shane and Sir Roderick Thompson. Uh, they both have about 250 yards rushing. Uh, the big key here, they both have 50-plus rushes. So they have the explosive play possibility. So just like I said last week, and honestly, this is more... When, when, there's a lot of things I'm really impressed with our defense this year and how they're able to play. But the one of the biggest standouts and biggest differences from last year to this year is our ability to tackle the run uh the carrier we are wrapping up we're swarming to the football last year we had a lot of just plays where either the wrong pursuits were taken or we did just halfway measures with uh tackling and this year it's been really aggressive and really great so we're gonna have to keep Keep it up because if if one of these running backs breaks a tackle, they could take it to the house. So we let's not do that. How about that? Maybe a key to the game in our next segment. I don't know. I don't know if we'll have enough time. But anyway, moving right along in the running backs, they also have uh, Tashawn Henry, who will get some touches as well, kind of alleviate. He can also get some receiving yards. So that's another back to watch. All right, and then on the four question marks, injuries. A lot of their injuries, unfortunately for them, are long term. So they do have quite a few out, but one question questionable injury going into uh, Saturday's game is uh, defensive back uh, Desmond Smith is questionable with a knee injury. So definitely not an injury that you want to have if you're trying to cover wide receivers, but he is listed as questionable. All right, let's move over to the Baylor Bears coming into the game. Obviously. We are 
2 and 0 in conference, 5 and 0 overall for the year, and we're averaging almost 40 points a game with 38.8. Uh, that is 18th in the country, Sikkim Bears. But even more impressive and man, I'm loving it. Uh, it's 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 that we've only given up 77 uh points over 5 games. That's 15.4 for you mathematicians and that is good enough to get ranked 15th in the nation. So who says that Big 12 doesn't have any defense? I think that if we, I think that honestly, what's scary, I mean, you take out the fourth quarter of Iowa State, and that number is even higher. And our defense is playing really, really well. I and you know what? I think we have room to, for improvement because I think that the secondary is still trying to not trying. I mean, they're doing a great job, but I think they still have room to even grow even further. So that's scary. Um, but they're really, what's really great is just how quick we are on defense. And that's something that was a focus point where we're, when we were building in the, all these recruiting classes, we won, we won speed and you can see it on the football field and it is fun to watch, man. I love defense, but moving onward to a little bit of housekeeping off for the Baylor bears in case you missed it earlier. I did say, uh, Brewer's been practicing this week, so Brewer's good to go. Uh, so don't worry about that. Hasty coming off of a great game. That was something that I, my keys to the Kansas state, vi- uh, victory. I said, if, if hasty started to get going, we had a great shot at winning and he did, he had a really good game and I hope that he continues to build on that. Cause when hasty goes off, man, those are fun games to watch. Cause he is a vicious back. He will run the ball with authority and let the other team know his presence. And then, Taekwon Thornton and, and uh, Denzel Mims just continue to be great, continue to make those incredible catches. And spoiler alert, our receiving core and passing is going to be one of our keys to the game in our last segment. Also, RJ Sneed still coming in with those clutch catches. You may not get all the targets, RJ, but man, when you get the ball in your hand, it's electric. And it's usually in a crucial moment of the game. So keep up what you're doing. I, I, I guarantee you your targets will start to continue to rise. Doing very well. Anyway, that's going to wrap it up for our by the numbers segment for taking on Texas Tech Red Raiders. When we come back, I'm going to give you my keys to a Baylor victory to get to 6-0, to get to 3-0 in Big 12 play when we come back. Stick around. Okay, we're back. And my favorite segment of the week, the keys for a Baylor victory. And not only just any victory, a 6-0 victory to be 3-0 in conference play. And also, with the cherry on top, homecoming weekend. Let's get a homecoming dub. Sikkim Bears, if you're with me, let's start out with our keys to a Baylor victory. And it starts with the O-line here. Connor's out with an injury. He's going to be out for a few weeks. So the O-line's going to be shuffled around. And they played really well in the second half. Give them credit. You're, you, it's not always easy to just shuffle around on the O-line. You get used to the guy that's to your right, to your left, and you, it's just like anything. You get into your routine, and that's just it's positive syner- synergy. But Credit to the O-line, to the coaching staff. They came in. They worked together. I think they're going to build, but we're going to need to keep Charlie clean. Got a little banged up last week. We need to keep the sacks down if to a minimum, zero if at all possible. And also, Charlie, I know you like to run the ball, but uh, when you do, let's be smart with it. We don't 
I know it's going to be homecoming. You might be a little up, but let's stay healthy. It's a long season, but let's. And that's why my main key of this game is the passing game. I think that it's our strength, obviously. I love it when we run the ball. I love it when we run the ball really well. And that's been one of my keys to the game for the majority of, of this podcast link this season. But this week, it's a passing game because it's our strength. And it is their weakness in the secondary. And we need to explo- exploit it, stretch out the defense, make them tired, and then get those nice little pops in the running game. Hopefully, after a couple first downs, sneak it on a first down and get those easy second and four, second and threes very manageable to where we can throw the deep ball, get those electric plays downfield. But again, it starts with the O-line. We're, we're shaking things up a little bit. We need to keep Charlie healthy. We need to keep them clean and together on the offense. Make it all, all nice. A nice melting pot of productivity on offense. Pounding the rock in the second half, too. I'm just going to throw that in there because I foresee an electric first half, a nice passing game, and then they start making adjustments in the secondary, and that's when the running game comes in and just is like the, the, the wrecking ball coming in. And wrecking shop. It's a beautiful, it's a beautiful vision I have. And let's see if it comes out to play. Moving on to the defense. You know what? <laughs> it, let's just keep it simple. A front seven, just keep on doing what you're doing. Uh, James Lynch uh, was on ESPN 1660 uh, on Wednesday, and he just talked about how wonderful the whole front unit is is working together with the linebacking core helping to disguise their, their stunts and giving them the opportunity to get the passes, to get the pressure, and to get the sacks. We need to build on that, make our presence known up front like we have been, and also stifle the running game. They're going to want to pass the ball, and they're going to want to obviously pass the ball, but we need to make sure that we're getting our pressure there and that when they have to force them, once when we start forcing them to run the ball, that we are there and we're doing a great job. It's more just keep on doing what you're doing. Let's let's every time I watch them, I just get giddy and we just need to keep it up and not let up front seven, the defense. Oh, but the biggest part of the defense that we, that's going to be critical in this game is going to be our secondary, much like when we played Iowa state, they're going to want to sling the ball. And so we need to be locked in like we have been, like we have been, but keep it up for all four quarters. Keep it up. Keep keep our focus. Keep our composure. And do not let up. Keep on giving the ball to our offense. That way we can keep the score up, 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 and just be like Oklahoma. Be like Arizona. And just keep their offense stifled. And I think that we can make make make, make some magic. Make some homecoming memories. But you know what? That we can't be overconfident in this game because they are with with the Jet, the J E double T. He is starting to get comfortable, so we need to be disruptive. We need to get to him early and often and get him rattled. But that comes in to our next uh, our next key, and that's just our energy. You know what? Chris Miller suspended for the first half. When he comes in, he's going to bring in big energy to the team because he's a leader on the defense. You know what we need? We need us to be a leader in the crowd. We need a an environment that's crazy. We need to cheer. It's okay to cheer on other downs besides third downs. In fact, uh, head coach Coach Rule echoed this in his press conference. 
This is not a neutral game site. There is a home game and we want home field advantage. I hope that the people that are there are loud, ruckish, and rowdy. I hope that people turn on the TV and see a school that really loves its university, supports their student athletes, and supports each other. I hope that it's a great atmosphere. So guys and gals, let's get ready to cheer. Let's wave our green and gold afar, and let's get ready for a homecoming victory because it's, it's, I really, really, I've been saying about it all week. I'm really pumped about a big opponent coming in for homecoming. Let's, let's make some memories. Let's have some fun and let's beat Texas tech. That's going to end it for this episode. I think tomorrow I'm going to just recap homecoming briefly we're gonna it's gonna be a short episode because i'm gonna want to go out to uh the pep rally and the bonfire um so we're gonna keep it short and sweet that's why i wanted to do we're doing it uh the keys to a baylor victory a day early so i can get it out to y'all so again that's gonna wrap it up for locked on baylor remember to subscribe and follow to the show on whatever app you may be listening to your podcast also be sure to get involved and tweet the show at locked on baylor you can also engage with me at bony afc Thanks for listening, and until next time, Sikkim Tech.